right, welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. On today's show, it's just Connor and I. We talk about the big NBA news coming out of this weekend about Kyrie Irving and opting in to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. What does that mean for them? What happens to the Lakers? Bradley Beal staying with the Wizards, signing the mega max five-year, $243 million deal. We get into all the NBA free agency trade talks, all that news. And then we also close with Hornets minute, obviously have to talk about the Hornets hiring Steve Clifford again. We get into the whole thing. I'm not going to talk about it right now. And then we also talk about Miles Bridges, whether we should sign him or not. It's a great show. Uh, we'll be getting more into football season coming up with some football interviews coming next week. Ton of fun stuff planned. Check out cartercast.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. But before we get into today's show, we are brought to you by Pod Talk. Pod Talk is the best way to listen to podcasts. It has the best interface compared to every other podcast listening app out there. I use PodTalk myself. Go download it right now in the App Store. Go join group discussions on your favorite podcast like this one. Go subscribe and talk about the CarterCast and the CarterCast group discussion on PodTalk right now. Download PodTalk in the App Store today. And now here's the show. All right, we're back. Before we get into all the NBA stuff going on, we're, we're in the dark times of summer. It's bad. It's we bad. Are. I woke up. I woke up this morning watching Wimbledon. Wimbledon's getting me through. I have an article coming article coming out about Wimbledon as you're hearing this right now on Tuesday. Um, it's it, it, we're we're in dark times. All we have to look forward to is free agency buzz, summer league, preseason football. Even seems far yeah. away. Maybe a fantasy football draft. Yeah, if you're doing your if you're doing your fantasy football drafts in like July, you're like, okay, this is cool. But yeah. other than that, you're. It's pretty dark right now, man. Yesterday was brutal. I found myself kicking field goals yesterday at an open football field. That's how bored oh, I was. Oh, man. To put it in perspective, football. to put it in perspective, I would much rather watch a day five Bulls-Timberwolves summer league game than a regular season MLB game. That's how much I just don't want to sit down and watch baseball. That's, I just that, can't. I can't, I can't either. That's the thing. I don't know what to do over the summer sports-wise. There's nothing. I mean, no. go, shoot, go shoot around by yourself. Maybe up. we could like you know actually like do something with our lives, but like there's no fun in that. I mean, yeah, where's the joy <laughs> in that? Like, why wouldn't I want to sit in front of the TV yelling? Yeah, like actually, I know the all the all the dudes with ladies out there. It's Oblo's weekends. You're just you're going out to museums, parks, dates, you name it. Just get it all out of the way now, because come fall, you're come November, you're not you, you're not going to know your significant other. I'll tell you what, though, those those days you just described, those are in season for me as well. It's, oh, man, I'll tell you what. Sometimes on the weekend, you got to make a little sacrifice in my case. Yeah, so, all right, let's talk NBA. Kyrie Irving opts in like 20 minutes before we hopped on the Zoom call. Uh, every Lakers fan is crying, crying themselves to sleep tonight because they're like, we were going to get Kyrie for $6 million. What yeah. happened? He wanted to team back up with LeBron, and now Kyrie is doing, as he says, the honorable thing and the charitable thing by returning to the Brooklyn Nets uh, by taking the $37 million. And honoring his commitment. Thoughts and prayers to him. I mean, the Nobel Peace Prize goes to Kyrie Irving. Unbelievable. What an act of courage. The most courageous man on earth. I, I just can't. We just can't thank him enough for taking the $37 million. The thing is, to play a little devil's advocate here from Kyrie's side, 
if you're going to play that one year and try to prove yourself and get that long-term extension, wouldn't you rather do it on a $37 million contract than a $6 million contract? Yeah. Like he's going to be, and he's the be under is, scrutiny either way. And the thing is, if you return to the Nets, I think you still have a better, maybe not better, you have an equal chance of winning a ring on either side. Why not make the $31 million? I agree. I think... I dare say in the East, there's an easier path to the finals than there would be if you went to the West. Because with the yeah. Lakers, there's, there's so many uncertainties. AD's health, LeBron's age, even though he'll probably be fine next year. We say this every year. But then again, a lot of uncertainty in LA. In Brooklyn, he's been there. He played within the last couple of years. Yeah, he's been out for a while, but KD's been healthy. If Joe Harris and Ben Simmons and all these guys come back healthy, I think that's legitimately a better shot to at least get to the finals than he would have yeah, the Lakers. You just, mainly, you just have to get through the Bucks as long as the Bucks are healthy. Because yep. I, I yes, they got swept by the Celtics. It was bad. I like I'm still taking the Nets next year if they're all healthy. If, yep. If they play a full year together, especially or even close to it, I, I can't see Boston beating them again. And I think Boston has a disastrous championship hangover kind of thing going on for their next season. I can see that. I don't think the defensive intensity will be nearly what it was to end this year. Especially in the beginning, because I remember when we saw like the Hawks, the Hawks made the Eastern Conference final, didn't actually win anything. And yeah. now, like, the Hawks were like, oh, we're too good for the regular season. And it's just – I mean, they are out of control right now. They're in every single trade rumor. Well, they also destroyed the Hornets in the playing game, so they were good they enough for that. They did destroy the Hornets, but, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I don't know. Just on this whole Kyrie thing, though, just to get into the – just the state of the league right now a little bit, it's that these superstars – so obviously there's a lot more movement in today's game than there was before we started watching or even earlier when we were still watching as kids – there's a lot more movement in superstars today, a lot more trades, rumors, and that's just the social media, new media, whatever you want to call it. But the thing is, this, these superstars who change teams, I feel like if it doesn't work from day one, then it's like, oh, let me Photoshop him in a Lakers jersey. Where's he going next? Like, it's not working out. What are they going to do? Time to blow up the roster, sign and trade. And the thing is, you can't expect that as a superstar to go play somewhere brand new with a brand new running mate or co-star, whatever you want to call it, and then it instantly clicked from day one. The only time I've seen that happen is with the Warriors, with KD signing there. And that's a completely different scenario with three other Hall of Famers there. But these other stars who, like, team up with another star they've never played with before, you can't expect that to work from day one and then just give up on it after a season, and not even a full season at that in Kyrie's case. But, well, you're, you're think about the main three guys that do this kind of thing. You're looking at the, – there's three culprits. It's Westbrook, Harden, and Kyrie. Yeah, the three yeah. like worst case scenarios, and then number four is Paul George. Yeah, yeah, like, honestly, there. I just don't think they're guys. Those are just guys that are ch like championship level dudes. They're second fiddles at the end of the day. They are not number one guys. They can't be the alpha dog or the bus driver on a championship team. Yeah. It doesn't seem like. But I saw a funny tweet that was like, "Oh, well, actually, I've seen a lot of these tweets. It was like trade, you know, Westbrook for Kyrie, and put Westbrook on the Nets and Kyrie on the Lakers, and then." Harden's now on the Sixers, and you'll just, like, complete the carousel of, like, those three players just joining every single super team that's possible. What, what I don't get, and we'll, I mean, that's enough of the Kyrie thing. He opts in. I don't know if yeah. there's going to be any signing trades. It looks like he'll probably remain with the Nets because I don't think yeah. anybody's interested in taking on Kyrie at $37 million. Plus, he'll have to sign a new deal that's in the 40s plus, whatever. Yeah. So, I don't think Kyrie goes anywhere, especially now after opting in. But moving on from Kyrie, the craziest thing on earth is all these Laker fans just believe Westbrook has some value. They're like, oh, this team will take Westbrook. 
No, they won't. Like, there's not a team. Everyone's like, Charlotte, they're going to take Westbrook. Westbrook, him and Michael Jordan, they're on the same wavelength. And right now, as a Hornets fan, I'm a little worried that might happen. But, like, it's just, he's not going to the Nets. He's not going to Golden State or all these crazy trades they have in place for him. These Lakers fans, I'll tell you what, I've seen Charlotte brought up in more trade rumors this offseason than I have in my entire lifetime just because it it might benefit the Lakers. Like, that's yeah. – like, a, a couple of these Lakers accounts were like, oh, my God, like, rumors of Westbrook to Charlotte, that could work. Let me just throw that in every single trade package. Here's a three-team deal. Here's a four-team mock deal. And it's just unbelievable. And I also saw this little SpongeBob meme where it's like he opens the case and it's like, oh, reliable. <laughs> and it's like, what Westbrook, THT, 2026 first-round pick. <laughs> and, like, nobody's taking that for anything reasonable. Like, what are you going to no. get out of that? Nobody no, wants Westbrook, THT, and a, a first-round pick in five years. It's just not a thing. No. They have one first-round pick to give up. Yeah, and if you're the Lakers, I get it. You're trying to win now. But then again, you know, lay GM made this move, made his bed. you got to lay in it, you know? Like, if they could have yeah. gotten Kyrie for six mil, like, that's a, that's a bailout scenario. Like, that would be LeBron getting bailed out. But now they can't. Westbrook's still in the books. What are they going to do? They, they have to just let him play next year. One of the other bailout scenarios I'll mention right now is Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is going to uh, basically announce he's going to opt out of his current deal and then opt back in for the mega five-year, $243 million deal, which is way too much for Bradley Beal at 29 years way, old. Way, way too much. That's going to end up looking like one of the worst contracts. And then he's going to get pissed in like a year or two. He's either going to do one or two things. After a year, he's going to be like, uh, I request a trade. I'm not playing, blah, blah, blah. Or – or he's just going to stick out his career in Washington and oh, claim yep. like he, he doing the Damian Lillard basically mm-hmm. where he never, he never has to face real criticism because management was so awful that he's like, Oh, I, I, you know, I tried to win here. I tried to win here, but like, you know, it's kind of, kind of playing. It's kind of an excuse. The, and the thing with Bradley Beal is he put the wizards. I mean, rightly so, but he put the wizards in a, between a rock and a hard place. Cause you can't, not sign him he's a franchise player he's been there his whole career you have to give him that money he's been an all-star but then again people are saying it's too much which i think is also true but if, if you let him walk and he goes and by some chance wins somewhere else like washington screwed in that scenario too at the end of the day i think you just let him go win somewhere else because at signing him at that number is it really an asset because you can't move that asset it's not an I asset was, if you can't move it i haven't seen bradley beal do anything except put up numbers on a bad team if we're being completely honest his best chance to win the wizard's best chance to win was with whenever they had martian gortat and like paul pierce for that weird year and they made yeah. did, they, did they make the second round one year i know they lost yeah, remember he banked in that three? Oh, he's like i call it the series yeah. yeah yeah okay that was their best chance and that even then they didn't have a real chance to do anything no no and and that's like and even when the blazers went to the western conference finals I mean, everyone knew it was going to be a 4-0 sweep. Yeah, there was no chance. And that's the thing. And while we're on the Blazers with Damian Lillard, what do you think about his little Kevin Durant Photoshop shenanigans, him and Yosef Nurkic? Whatever. I, I like I mean, it. I mean, I think it's cool. I think it's smart to, like, put your name in the sweepstakes like that. But then again, it goes back to that thing of, like, yeah, Damian Lillard, I'm sure, would love to play with Kevin Durant. But if he really, really cared about winning – he would get out of Portland. Yeah. yeah I mean, if he that, actually that, if he actually wanted to win a championship, he you have to get out of Portland. 
you can say, yeah, I love the city. I have family nearby in Oakland. I can do all this. Like, but the end of the day, if you truly do want to win, like you're just not going to do it there. And like, I was, I, at the end of the day, you do have to respect a guy for like staying at one franchise forever. Yeah. But like in today's NBA, it's such a cop-out move by kind of doing, it's kind of seen as a cop-out move because you're like, Oh, he doesn't actually want to face real criticism. Yeah. 100%. And the thing with Damian Lillard is, and can you that, blame him? Can no, you blame him? He, he needs that Kevin Durant. If he does want to win anything, he needs that, al- that alpha running mate. Cause Damian Lillard's not going to be the best player on championship team. It will not happen. And that's why Stephen no. McCollum and him didn't work out. That's why there's like two guys in NBA history who are truly the best players on their teams that were under like six five. Those are Steph Curry and Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, one million percent. That just doesn't happen for guards. And JJ Barea because he shut down uh, LeBron. Prime Shaq Diesel, JJ Barea. <laughs> I mean, you can argue with the Raptors. Kyle Lowry was the best player for sure. Gosh, all right, let's stop this. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. But then like Lakers fans are like, oh yeah, Bradley. Okay. We don't get Kyrie, Bradley Beal. They have all these wild scenarios. Their most realistic one. They need to have their expectations at Gordon Hayward. 100%. And with the Lakers fans, it's just crazy to me on Twitter to see how entitled they like actually think they are. It's not a joke anymore. Cause at first I was like, <laughs> oh, people are joking around photoshopping all these players. In but, Lakers now, but not even that, not even that. The worst part is you have Lakers fans who have always been that way. Plus, bronze sexuals who have always been that way, just merging to create this yes. super team. Yep, exactly. It's ridiculous, dude. And I, I just I thought it was a joke at first, and now more and more I'm seeing that the Lakers fan base thinks they're entitled to these players. Like, oh, like everybody who ever steps foot in the NBA, their goal is to one day play in LA. That's just not true. Like, we're Charlotte fans. We're not entitled to anything. We're suffering. We, we would we would do unspeakable things for a playoff series win. Yeah. And hey, LaMelo Ball got drafted literally the day he was drafted. Everybody was talking about when's he going to leave for LA. Give me a yep. break. We can't have anything nice. We have nothing nice. We'll get into that a little later. Um, is there anything else with like free agency stuff we need to touch on? I mean, who's the what's the leading free agency story right now? Is it Miles Bridges and DeAndre there's, Ayton? There's I guess. not a lot. Yeah, because it's like Ayton, Bridges, because KD is um, going to stay on the nets now that Kyrie's going to run it back. That's not going to be a thing. Yep. So uh, Tyus Jones. Down. Tyus Jones might be a top free agent. <laughs> Let's talk about D'Anthony Melton's move to the Sixers and how that affects LeBron's legacy. And so, uh, I, I mean, I guess Zach Levine too. I think he's staying with Chicago, though. I don't think there's much there. Because we haven't heard enough yet. Uh, James Harden, had, they're going to have to pay him. That, and then the DeJounte Murray thing might be the, the biggest thing in free agency. And even then, it's like, oh, an irrelevant team like San Antonio, and he's going to Atlanta. Like, yeah, him and Trey Young would be a good duo, but okay, I guess. Yeah, because, yeah, Legion Hoops tweeted out that whole thing that the, they're finalizing a trade for uh, DeJounte Murray. I, I just don't get that trade. The only reason I get that – well, for the Hawks, I think it's a great trade, especially if you don't include John Collins. But for the Spurs, I guess it's like a reset again. But like well, now, now, yeah, now rumors are coming out that the Spurs are tanking for the Victor Wambanyama, whatever his name is from France. He's the automatic number one pick already. Oh, yeah. And you know what? This would be the perfect way to do it. Unload DeJounte Murray, your best player who's going to demand the most money for a few first round picks in the future. Jakob Pertl's got to go too then. Yeah, 100%. I think he'll be gone. If they, if they send DeJounte Murray somewhere, he's gone somewhere else. 
Um, and then a weird thing came out today that DeAndre Ayton is a favorite to go to the Nets. I don't understand how that would happen I, either. I don't understand that either. I like the, the logistics don't work. That would only be if Kyrie left and then maybe KD something with that. But like even then, I don't think that's happening. All right, last thing we'll touch on with free agency and overall NBA news before we get into the Hornets. Uh, I don't understand Jalen Brunson getting max money in New York because of it. I, we all uh, the worst kept secret right now is that Jalen Brunson's going to the Knicks. One of the funniest rants I've heard Stephen A. do the other day is when he started talking about how the Knicks were treating it like it was college, like sending Julius Randle to recruit him and hiring his dad as an assistant coach, like just tampering around. He was like, this is a damn professional basketball association and all this stuff. Just going crazy, which is true. Imagine putting in that effort for Jalen Brunson. That's the thing. I don't think like, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. But has Jalen Brunson hit his peak? Did he hit his peak in that playoffs? That playoff run is probably close to the best he'll play, and I don't think he can withhold that for a whole regular season. Exactly. No it, it kind of feels just like Julius Randle's one year, the COVID year kind of thing, where he yeah. just exploded, almost became an MVP in the league. Now he fell off dramatically. I feel like we'll see the same thing, especially after Jalen Brunson signs for all this guaranteed money. I'll tell you the best thing that happened to Jalen Brunson last year in the playoffs, which is a big reason he became so successful. Obviously, Luka going down helped him, you know, be the primary guy. But teams didn't expect it. Teams had no scouting, like not no scouting, but they didn't expect him to have the ball that much. They didn't really know what he could do. He'd never been that featured player in an offense. So he took a lot of teams by surprise, I feel like, especially in that playoff run. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like teams got other teams in the league got a taste of what he can actually do. But in my eyes, it just seems like there's no way he sustains that production for a season and then contributes to winning. Like, sure, he might average 18 and six, but the Knicks are going to be 12th in the conference again. Yeah, it just seems I, like it seems like one of those moves where you're throwing away money and you're not getting that much better. Yeah, no, they – there's no – I just don't get it. I, I just don't see it with him. Like, obviously, he was unbelievable in these playoffs, but that just seemed like an anomaly. It didn't seem like it's, it's going to be longstanding. And – they're also going to sign Mitchell Robinson. That's out there now. Who, the Knicks? Yes. I mean, that's They're probably the best. And that's fine. Yeah, exactly. But, like, <sighs> if you're the you're Knicks, Knicks though, you, you have to do something. Because right now, it's just like, oh, my God. And on draft night, oh, my gosh. I couldn't imagine. Like, the Hornets messed up a little bit. The Knicks did not get a damn thing. No, they – I know. That's the thing. The Knicks kind of saved the Hornets from looking – stupid on draft night because that trade was off horrible and the thing with the knicks is yeah unless I get it, it helped us offload hayward then i just don't get it yeah that and the whole Knicks situation is like yeah maybe it'll help you get in those future first round picks but we've talked about it before something that a team has to have is hope for the future and that night the knicks probably dashed any hopes of being good this next season or a couple seasons after that and their fans are like you give your fans another point of misery where it's like oh, I'm hyped up for the draft. I wonder who we're going to get in the lottery. And you walk away with nothing. Like, yeah, it might be better for your team in the long run, but fans don't see it that way. Yep. All right. Is that it on NBA, overall NBA news? I think so. Yeah, I'm, I think the offseason will die down a little bit now, which sucks. But maybe there'll be a couple more splashes. Who knows? Yeah, well, because uh, after free agency, then it'll end up just turning into us talking about football, which I'm – I'm thrilled about. It. I'm I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting jittery for football. 
Oh yeah, that whenever you get your fantasy draft done, and then yeah, college football come, too. I'm looking at yeah, and then you you just hear these like it's like these like just crazy stories. There's like oh this third round pick on this team you like or whatever, unbelievable in training camp. Like he he is wild. So many coaches, he's gonna do great things. And you're just like yes, dude. Like Terrence Marshall, he's might be the next Calvin Johnson. Tommy Trimble coming. Tommy up. Trimble. It might be better than Jimmy Graham. And the thing with football is the NFL, especially well, college also falls in this category. Is there something different about that week to week where you only have one game on the weekend, you're looking forward to it. You preview the matchup all week, thinking about it all week. And then you get to that one game per week. There's it's, it's so much more exciting and build up than let's say an 82 game NBA season where it's like, Oh yeah, we lost, but we got a back to back tomorrow. We're playing in Sacramento. Yeah. Ah, I can't, I can't get excited for that. Exactly, because it's it's kind of like the correlation, like whenever a TV show comes out, all 15, 20 episodes come out all at once. You can binge watch it. It's kind of yep. like the NBA where it's like, oh, it's always on, you know, kind of thing. But when a show comes out, it's hey, it's Sunday nights. It's one oh, once yeah. a week, Sunday nights, kind of like Game of Thrones. You're like, oh, my gosh, like it, the anticipation is so much. It's every mm-hmm. that's why it, and that's why soccer and NFL just kill it, kill it. In the yeah. World. I'll let some of my nerds show here. Some of those Marvel shows that would come out week to week, like you would just be hearing like theories and people be making videos about it and going crazy on Twitter. It's the same thing for football. It's like, yep, okay, we're spending all week leading up to this matchup. And then the payoff is just like so great. Whereas like the NBA, you kind of take it for granted. You're like, there's 82 games in a few months. Like I don't have to catch every single one. Yep, exactly. And especially not to bring up baseball again, but I don't know how baseball fans do it. Realistically, I want to know the correlation between if somebody was as big of a fan of a baseball team as we are of like the Hornets or the Panthers, how many regular season games do they really watch? I think you'd be genuinely surprised. I just, there's no way they sit down for nine innings though. Like maybe they, they'll watch a couple innings of each one. No way they watch full games. Can't, can't be. Full games beginning to end. I would say like diehard fans. I would say probably a hundred. Oh, that's rough. And the thing with the MLB is also, you can just have it on in the background, like glance up and see yep. what's going on. But NBA, NFL, you're locked in while, while the game's going on. Yeah, because especially the NBA with like how good shot making is in the NBA now, you put your head down, you're on, you're on your phone looking at Twitter for like five minutes. All of a sudden, your team's down twenty, and you're like, "What the hell happened?" You hear you hear Mike Breen give a couple bangs, and you're like, "What in the world?" Or you hear Eric Collins like, "What is happening?" <laughs> Miles Bridges. So, all right. Speaking of Eric Collins. It's a good transition there. We need to talk about the Hornets. Well, uh, I it felt like a Barry McCockner Twitter notification whenever all this all the text messages and tweets started coming in that the Hornets have Steve Clifford returning as their head coach. We thought it was stupid. Like we we're like, oh yeah, they're gonna get the band back together, whatever. It's our lives now. He's our head coach. <laughs> If I saw Josh McRoberts unretire tomorrow and join the team, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. Big Al Jefferson's it, coming back. And it's yeah, all ex- coming together. We're going to exactly. resign Nick Batum. And the thing is, if Steve Clifford had never been our head coach, I would be like, like if he had the success he had in Charlotte success with another team, and then we hired him right now, I'd be like, oh, like that could work. Like defensive-minded coach, which like, you know, playoff experience could work. But it's just the fact that he was already the Hornets head coach for that many years, got fired for Borrego. And then now we fired Borrego for Steve Clifford. It's almost embarrassing to the franchise. Like Steve Clifford himself is a, is a pretty good coach. Like it might work out, but it's just the look it gives the Hornets. It's almost like, oh man, like we couldn't work out with 
Borrego. Now we have to go back to Steve Clifford, who we fired for Borrego because it didn't work out. It just it makes the franchise look dumb and just honestly like a small market franchise. Like this is what you have. This is the scraps you're left with. What? Uh, so a couple things on this hire. One, yes, you mentioned it. The PR is horrible on it. It looks so so bad. It looks desperate. so bad. And it looks desperate. It looks it looks weird. It looks like, like you know that there's that one friend who like constantly keeps going back to that one girl, and you're like, dude, stop it. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't do that. Like you're miserable when you're with her. Stop. Yeah. Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man. But the thing is, it's like you have that, and then with Steve Clifford. I'm not mad at Steve Clifford. Like, I don't think no. he's a bad coach. I don't think it's like that bad of a hire. And, and I think this almost all Hornets fans actually feel this way. Cause yeah, I don't think he's that like, it's that bad of a hire. You just can't have it look like that because you are just setting yourself up to get murdered, murdered online. And then yeah. the other thing I'll mention too, is what this whole thing, this whole thing made me realize Michael Jordan truly does call the shots in the end. Like, yeah. People like to say he's hands off and like takes a back seat. He calls the shots because if MJ's not there, there's no way Steve Clifford is our head coach still. No, and it's just just a harp on this again. Hire Kenny Atkinson, Hornets first choice, leaves us. All of a sudden the Hornets are back with the coach they left beforehand. Like it, like you said, it just looks bad from a PR standpoint. And how are the Hornets supposed to gain any like national respect, especially with the national media? Because it's like the Hornets is a franchise. You see the Lakers, like they can hire whoever they want to, or like that's the biggest story is who the Lakers are going to hire. And the crazy thing is the Hornets did this and like rehired their coach, and it's still not making that much news. Nope. Like you have to do something to get the respect of, I don't even know. I don't know what it'll take. LaMelo maybe averaging a triple-double next year or something like that will have to happen for the Hornets to get any kind of respect. Because right now yeah. they're just a fun league pass team to anybody besides Hornets fans. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, is uh, like I listened to like three or four NBA podcasts over the last like couple days, like today and yesterday. Yeah, everyone like they like mentioned Steve Clifford back in the Hornets, just brushed over it like it was like, oh yeah, Steve Clifford back to the Hornets, cool. All right, let's move on with the show. It's almost like it's expected for the Hornets yeah, to do something like, like that. Yeah, I mean, because we're it's like the Kings make dra- bad draft picks, <laughs> the Hornets make awful decisions as well. I was curious. I was on Hornets Reddit. Yeah, I know Hornets Reddit. I know, sad. But I was on there reading some things about the whole Steve Clifford situation. I was just curious what people thought. And people were hitting the nail on the head saying that Gordon Hayward might play 35 minutes a game next year because he is a prototypical Steve Clifford player. If he plays, if he's alive, if he's healthy. Steve Clifford might have have him out for the season by the 20th game because of overloading him. I'm so dead serious. And the thing is, and you know Steve Clifford's not going to play these guys like Book Knight, JT Thor – and that's the whole reason – apparently that's one of the reasons Borrego got canned is because he wouldn't play these young guys meaningful minutes. I don't see Steve Clifford doing that, especially not when he's the coach of the Bobcats and the Hornets in the first stint. Yeah, it's 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 weird. I, I the, the Hornets are now at the level of the Panthers, not of stupidity like the Panthers, and yeah, pisses me off like the Panthers yet. Yeah, it's right there. One more move. If we don't re- if the Miles Bridges thing goes south, then we're, we're neck and neck. Yeah, I'm just going into both of these seasons, Hornets and Panthers, zero expectations. Why have expectations going in? Zero. Yep, zero. Exactly. Zero. There's there's no reason. 
Why? Why? Why should I have expectations? We're just going to do the same thing. We're not going to do well. It's everything's false hope in the end. I think. Why do we I even watch sports? Best case scenario, Steve Clifford leads the Hornets to a play-in victory and then gets swept in the first round. That's the ceiling. I don't think that's the ceiling, but that just feels <laughs> like what it's going to be. Oh, no. Dude, I'm that's telling you. It, it just looks so gross because they give Borrego an extension and fire him the next season and then bring back the coach they fired for Borrego. I just can't wrap my head around it. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, like if we avoided all of this crap, I would have been fine. Have, I would rather have Borrego one more year. Say, all right, yeah. hey, you get one more year, Borrego. Yep. To know that we avoided all that, then yeah, I would I would pick Borrego anytime. Which yeah. Borrego, Borrego lovers are like, yeah, we've been telling you that the whole time, but whatever. No, they could nobody could have predicted that. The thing is, if Steve Clifford works out and we have a successful season and win 45, nobody's games, gonna care. Nobody's gonna no, care. People are gonna be like, wow, what a great move by the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Bring back, you know, their head coach that led them to their only playoff burst in the last 40 years. All right, last thing. Just true. Last thing we'll talk about Miles Bridges. Uh, weird crap coming out constantly. Like yep. his friends are posting on social media that he's like, oh, if they if they ain't gonna sign you, we go into Detroit where they sign you. Uh, Pacers come out today that they're super interested in Miles Bridges. It's inevitable he's gonna get what's gonna come down. And then Brian Windhorst today saying the Hornets are not gonna offer Miles Bridges to the max, which which they why should. Would you, well, yeah, if you're a restricted the free bat. agent. Yeah, no point offering your restricted free agent the max. There's no point because you can just match the offer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's inevitable. It's going to come down to Pacers and Pistons are going <sighs> to give him one of those teams is going to give him the max at 35 mil a year, whatever it is. Yeah, it just comes down to the Hornets sign it. Um, I don't think I'll be disappointed either way what happens, which sounds crazy because I don't know if Miles Bridges is worth 35 million dollars. But you were wrong on him before. I was wrong on him before, but $35 million is a lot of money when your cap is 122 and you have a cheap owner. That's a lot. That is a lot of money for somebody who averaged almost 20 points a game, didn't make the all-star team. I mean, he was in the conversation, but, you know, there was times when he didn't look like an all-star, didn't look like a max player at some stretches during the season. When you're not – yeah, and that's the thing. <clears throat> you're not an all-star. You've never been an all-star, and you're getting $35 million. And if you're a max player like that, you have to show up every night. You can't have many yeah. bad games. When you're a max player, you have to show up. Yeah, with, exactly. With Miles Bridges, it's almost like, like as a Hornets fan, I want to keep him desperately. But if he would just take like $25 million a year even, I would feel so much better about it. But that's not going to happen. No, and honestly, I think the, – and the, that's the other thing is you don't want to let him walk. I know it's the same thing. People are going to draw back to the Kimba situation where the Hornets actually made the right decision for once. But at the time the Hornets got shredded for it. They were like, this is your franchise player. How Absolutely. dare you not all from the max? Yeah. And I was trashing. We were all, as I was. Fans, we were all trashing the Hornets. We were like, then, what do you we mean Terry about, Rozier? Yeah. We didn't know about the knee in the end. It was a blessing. We got Terry Rozier for only 20 million. And then Kimba is just basically out of the league. Almost. He'll be back on the vet minimum this year. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, 100%. No, but the thing is, the Hornets shouldn't – I don't think they should look back to that situation because the odds that it's works different. out twice – the odds that works out twice – yeah, Miles Bridges is younger, healthier, better set up for success. Because if he, if he gets signed somewhere else and goes and averages 24 a game and gets an all-star appearance and leads the team to the top six seed, we're going to look like idiots. Okay. All right, then. Let's, let's break it down. You're Mitch Kupchak. 
they, Pacers, Pistons both give Miles Bridges thirty-five million a year. Yes or no? Do you do you bring him to that? Do you sign him to the deal? I think if you have a guaranteed move in place to either get off of Gordon Hayward's contract or bring in somebody else to either like replace Miles Bridges, I don't think I don't think you do it. Wait, I said that wrong. If you can get off Gordon Hayward's contract, then you do it. I think you do it. I think it's worth the risk, worth the money. If you can't get off Gordon Hayward's contract, I think there has to be a plan in place, a contingency plan. What are you going to do if Miles Bridges leaves? If you let him walk, who are you going to bring in? Is it a sign and trade somehow for DeAndre Ayton? There has to be some kind of replacement for Miles Bridges if they decide to let him walk. And I'm not saying it has to be a crazy star caliber player, but we can't roll into next season with the same lineup minus Miles Bridges. That can't happen. So if they're going to let him walk, if they're going to let him walk, there has to be a plan. And I think especially if they can get off Hayward's contract and not take on Westbrook's contract, I think it's worth the money. I think it is. I think you hit it on the nail there because, oh, gosh, it's $35 million for Miles Bridges. It, it's, the same, it's the same argument as – it feels like the same argument as Bradley Beal 5 for 243. Yeah. You have guys getting $55 million a year now. So, like, in the grand scheme of things, $35 million is not what it was even five years ago. But it's still a lot of money. A max, a max deal for a non-all-star player, that's scary. And that literally feels like something that if he does sign it, and then he's like, oh, man, I made it all this guaranteed money back to your two miles bridges. And I'm not trying to be that, like, old guy, like, that just, like, that trashes on all the new players or whatever, because he is doing himself no favors by posting all this crap on social media of him drinking and doing all this bull crap. Like, yep. he's doing himself zero favors for Hornets fans being like, oh, yeah, like, because, I mean, and our dumb sports brains were like, why did you post a workout video? Like, you're not clearly not working out then if you're not posting he's, content. Workout like, yeah, he's probably in the gym like five hours a day. Exactly. And the thing is, I don't know if you saw his Instagram story the other day with LaMelo, and then he, like, posted LaMelo with, like, the salute. The and salute so everybody, yeah. everybody was like, he's saluting LaMelo goodbye, and then he took out the Hornets from his Twitter bio. So it's like, which I wouldn't read too much into that because – you know, it's probably uncertain right now, and he doesn't want to, you know, he's not affiliated with the Hornets as of right now. Like, yeah, they can match it, but, like, he's not on a deal. But, you know, I don't think I'd read too much into that because the fact of the matter is the Hornets can match anything. It's just a matter of if they will or not. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird situation. It's one of those things where it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if you sign him for all that money and he doesn't perform like an all-star, people are going to be like, the Hornets are idiots. Why would they give Miles Bridges that much money? Anybody he just could goes on the long list of bad contracts we give. I, I'd be much more comfortable giving Miles Bridges this money than like a Nick Batum five years ago, though. I think yeah, that's a completely like, different even, situation. Even the Gordon four years, 120. I'm more comfortable giving Miles the money than I would have been giving Gordon the money, 100%. That's true. All right. Well, that'll do it from us. We'll be back Friday. Uh, oh, follow yeah. the social medias. You know the whole deal. Uh Make sure to read my Wimbledon article uh, out today if you're listening to this here on Tuesday. We're uh, doing the tennis. Out, doing the tennis. Check out cartercast.com. Oh, you know the whole thing. Um, and then we're getting into football season. We're finally getting into football season. We're going to get some football guests on here soon. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for college football. Week zero, Nebraska, Northwestern, and Ireland. I need it. I need it bad. <laughs> you're itching. I'm itching. Literally. Literally itching. All right, cool. Uh, We'll see you all Friday. Bye.